Well, good morning, Parallel Church. Hopefully everyone is doing well today. Let's welcome everyone that's joining us online. Welcome to you guys. Welcome Sharon and Pastor Phil and Connie and Jason and Grace and Torres and Jen and Brian and Deborah and Diane and Tess and Annabelle and Greg and Donna and Chuck and Ram and Ashley and Michelle and Shay. as a church and uh, rebranded to Parallel and our whole mentality and the whole reason why we're you know rebranding and all this is because we're paying a lot of attention, of attention to what's going on in, in the world and in society and we're seeing people become ever more increasingly comfortable in division and in separation and in more comfortable in hate and speaking out against one another and we thought we want to be parallel church and that means to come alongside and we really want to be an expression of Jesus's command that he said in John 13 verse 34 Jesus told his disciples this he says a new command I give you love one another now when Jesus said a new command he wasn't saying an additional command he was saying this is a replacement command this is this is one this is one of those kind of if you're a parent uh, telling your children you know hey I want you to do this and this and this and then also you come to them and saying this is something I want you to do. this is a new command this and the emphasis on that is that means that what they were doing they could get put on the back burner but what you really want them to do is right here and you can almost hear Jesus saying that same thing, a new command, this this one, this, this all-important, all-encompassing command. And he didn't say, love God, he said, love one another. Then he added this caveat, as I have loved you. And when Jesus said that, Jesus gave and expressed a different kind of love, like a, a whole different kind of love than what has ever been experienced before and seen before. And yet he made it possible for us by, by first loving us. And his, this new command is, is to love one another. And the early church took this seriously, very, very seriously. I've done a lot of study in, in the early church, and, and I love church history, and I love history in, in general, but I did a lot of study in, in, in the early church, and I saw, I saw just over and over and over again that not only was the early church emphasizing over and over again this love one another as I have loved you, but that the Romans and those who were, tr who were trying to obliterate the, the early church and persecute the early church, they, they also knew the church as people who were, had extraordinary love and generosity and kindness and were meeting needs everywhere that they would go. And this is how everyone knew what the early church was all about. And Jesus knew this. Jesus said, this new command I give you. And in fact, he prayed in John 17, God, make them one that the world might know that this would be an expression. And that's as Parallel Church and our slogan for love and impact we're following that one command and we're saying we're realigning to that one command and saying we're going to make that major our major amen four people agree okay that's okay we'll get there 
It's good. We're all cold, and I, I get it. Clapping on the inside. It's all good. <laughs> Paul said this in Galatians 5. And, and all throughout, it's amazing when you focus on this love one another thing that, I don't know if you've noticed this, but I've noticed in reading the New Testament that every single letter that Paul wrote, that Peter wrote, that James wrote, that Jude wrote, that, that every every letter it to the New in the New Testament to the, the, the new church emphasize this love one another over and over and over again. In fact, Paul said this to the church in Galatia. He said in Galatians 5 verse 6, he says, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. He didn't say the only thing that counts is faith. That's what I would, that's what I've believed all my life. The only thing that counts is faith in Jesus. The only thing that counts is faith. He says, the only thing that counts is faith, yes, in Jesus, absolutely, that expresses itself in love. In other words, he's saying the true test of, 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 of and knowing of our love of Jesus, when we encounter Jesus, we have no choice but to express that love to others. Amen? The only thing that counts John would say this in, in first and second and third John. He says, you can't say you love God and not love your neighbor. This is, this is something that's so, so vital. This is something where we've, in the Western world, and I've been harping on this for nine weeks, and we're going to continue to bring this up because this is a major in, in the Bible. Theologically, this is a major where we've, we've aligned in the Western world. We've aligned so much with love God and me and Jesus is all I need. And we've aligned so much with just it's all that matters is my relationship with Jesus. But we have to realize that the only thing that counts is, yes, faith in Jesus. Yes, but one that expresses itself, it has to express itself in love. It has to. As a church, we have to. And so while the world is getting more comfortable in hate, we're going to counterpunch and come alongside in love. And while the world gets more, uh, you know, comfortable in divisions and, and separating in camps, we're going to come alongside and counterpunch and be parallel and walk with. Amen? Paul said this in 2 Corinthians. Since, he's saying this to the church in Corinth. He said, since you excel in everything. That's... <laughs> Not, not all of, uh, of Pastor Paul's letters were this encouraging. Like, I mean, can you imagine receiving this one if you're a pastor? Man, you guys excel in everything. They're like, Every, everything? Then he starts explaining. They're like, wow. Most of his letters were, you could fix this, fix that, fix this, fix this. Paul says, man, you, since you excel in everything, in faith, the, the faith in Jesus, in speech, in, in saying the right things, in knowledge, in knowing the right things, in complete earnestness. He says, and in, the, and in the love we have kindled in you. In other words, Paul's been, and, and the early church, and Peter and all the rest, they, they've been kindling in the church to love one another. Because this love one another as Jesus has loved is not natural. It's, it's, it's a lot easier. Anybody else like me find it easier to love God? That's not a problem. He's, he's, he's kind of perfect. That, that's pretty easy. You know, there's times where I'm frustrated with him and all the rest of it, but he's pretty easy. He's gracious. He's kind. He's merciful. That's easy. Is it as easy to love others? Not as easy. They're not perfect. Right? But he says, man, he says, and you've, you've, you've excelled in this, 
in everything, including in this love that they've kindled and rekindled in them. And then he says this, now that you've excelled in all that, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. This grace of giving. He says, you excel in faith, you excel in earnestness, you, you excel in, in knowledge, you excel in speech in the right way, you excel in love, but he says, also see that you excel in giving, which is what we're doing today, as all the rest of us is saying. We're not just going to say we're parallel church coming alongside. We're not just going to, we're not just going to have great messages and walk away and saying, yeah, this is right. We're not just going to say that we love one another, that for love and impact, that we're actually going to, we're going to excel in that. We're going to work on that. We're going to constantly kindle that and, and, and work on, you know, build that up and, and do the best that we can in that. But we're also, this is what we're doing today, is we're going to excel in giving. Come on, church. We're going to excel in giving because this is the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. And what we're going to do in today's offering, this is so cool, we've never done this before, is that we're going to, we're going to, not just say that we're parallel church. We're going to live parallel. And today's offering, the legacy offering that we're taking, is, is we're going to give it all away. Isn't that cool? We're going to receive an offering, and we're going to give it, and we're going to see where we're going to give it to. We're going to give it all away. And we're going to come alongside others in our community. We're going to come alongside other ministers, ministries in our country. We're going to come alongside an international ministry. We're going to come alongside other churches across this country in this next year. We're just we're just. We're going to excel in giving. Paul said this in, to Timothy, and, and the book of Timothy is actually, it's an interesting letter because you get to see, you know, the Apostle Paul, Pastor Paul, get to mentor, you know, Timothy as a young pastor, and, and he begins to coach Timothy on how to pastor, and Timothy would eventually become the, the lead pastor of the church in Ephesus. But in this, in this he's, a, he's coaching him and he's telling him how to become a pastor and how to lead the church in Ephesus. And he says this in the midst of all of that. He says in 1 Timothy 6, he says, Timothy, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain. <laughs> we can know that, don't we? Um, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. I like that part, that, that God doesn't mind you enjoying stuff. That he richly provides for us for our enjoyment. That God doesn't, because I grew up thinking that, you know, in order to serve God and make God happy, I had to be miserable. <laughs> right, that's what I was, I was taught. I was like, okay, God, I love you. I guess I will go to Africa and... Be a missionary and and wear loincloths and and that would make everybody else miserable too. But it, anyway, not good. But I, I thought I have to give up everything in order to please God. But God, God says He richly supplies for our enjoyment. But it's interesting because twice Paul uses this word to Timothy. Then he says command. That's that's pretty strong, isn't it? Command. It's not like encourage. You know. You know. You know. Command. That's he's saying. Command the church. You know, to, to those who are rich, and in, in case you're saying, well, phew, that's not me. Um, by the way, did you know that if you make, if you're, your household income, you make $15,000 a year or more in your household income, that you're in the top 97% percentile of, of, you know, not top 97% wealthiest people on the planet? So, yeah, this, this includes us. Command those who are rich in this present world. They says, command them to... Do good, that's, that's loving one another, expressing our love, do good, 
to be rich in good deeds. Amen? Yeah, so, okay, we can do that. And then he says, and, that's a big word, and to be generous and willing to share. So don't just do good, and be good, and cheer on my city care. That's good, that's, that's good what we're doing. But he says, and to be generous and willing to share. Again, we're seeing this, love one another, express your faith in love, and, 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 you know, and, you know, also excel. You're excelling in love, but also excel in this grace of giving. Then he says to Timothy, command them to be generous and willing to share, not just do good. Then in 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6, he says this to the church in Corinth. He says, remember this, writing to the church, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. It's interesting when, you know, in the Bible that they likened, you know, giving to sowing and reaping. And of course, you know, we've got a lot of farmers here around here. You see sowing and reaping. A farmer doesn't just go into a field and pray over it and hope that the crop's going to come up. A farmer goes into a field and plants a seed. And the reason why I say that, that's so obvious. But the reason why I say that is because many of us, we're just praying for God to give us that job or praying for God to give us, you know, out of this or praying for God to bless us in one way or another. But we forgot one important, God will answer prayers, but we forgot one important thing, according to Paul, is you got to sow. Right? You got to put seed in the ground in order to reap a harvest. Right? So that's just, it's just the law of sowing reaping and it works everywhere. And here's, here's what Paul's saying. This is what's amazing. He's saying by sowing and reaping, he says, when an offering leaves your hand, it doesn't leave your life. When a seed leaves a farmer's hand, it doesn't leave his life, does it? It goes into the soil. And the amazing thing, this is the law of sowing and reaping, is you put one seed in, you don't get one seed back. You put one seed in and you'll get, you put one bean in, and you get, you get a stock that gives you a whole bunch of beans. You put one pea in, you get, you get a stock that gives a whole bunch of peas. You put one apple seed in, you get a whole tree full of fruit, that's full of seeds, full of apples. Like you get a, exponentially multiplied. That's part of it. When, you put a, when a seed leaves your hand, it doesn't leave your life. Then he goes on, he says, And each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Now listen, no one, no one in this room, no one online, no one, listen, no one, including God, is forcing you to give. Give with joy, because you are sowing for your future. Putting seed in, have a harvest come out. Give with joy because you're, because you're looking and going, I want to come alongside. I want to I wanna be generous too. You're sowing also for, for your future. You're sowing for the future of the church. Saying we're not just talking the talk. We're walking the walk. And you're investing in your heavenly bank account. Coming alongside others. And what do I mean by heavenly bank account? Look at, look at the, the, Paul says this in the next verse. He says, if you, so, if you give, and God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, that's good, you will abound, I like that word abound, that's more than I need, 
in every good work, as it is written, they have freely scattered the gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Their righteousness endures forever. That by, by giving gifts, scattering gifts to the poor, it is sowing financially to reap righteousness, which is right standing with God, that endures forever. So it's an investment. Not only will, you, will God supply all of your needs, God will cause you to abound so that you can give more. All these kinds, of, this is how God works. But he also says it's an investment into a heavenly bank account deposited for you that your righteousness endures forever. That's, isn't that amazing? God doesn't have to do this, but he does. And Paul goes on, he says, Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and enlarge the harvest, there it is again, of your righteousness. That he will supply and increase your store of seed. Listen, this is amazing. Some of you are thinking, well, I've got nothing to give this year and I can't do that. And Paul's saying that there's times where we feel like, okay, there's times, there's seasons where it gets tight and it gets it's rough and go, I can't afford it. That, that's, that's fine. And there's no compulsion to give. No, no, no compulsion to give. However, what God is he's saying that you can give just, just even just a little, just a little, and it's depositing a seed and that, that he who supplies seed will give you seed for next time. And increase your store of seed so that next time you can enlarge what you're giving. Because God is that good. It starts with... In this offering, I talked about how we're giving it all the way. And we're going to give it away to in four different areas. Locally... At each one of our campuses, we're going to uh, bless a number of our first responders in our city with Christmas gifts and just kind of bless them. They've done, uh, there's a number of first responders in this room, and, and thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. This has been one of the toughest seasons, a tough job anyway, being a first responder, but this is an extremely difficult season because... Not only is there it's a crisis and there's a shortage of first responders and they're extra stressed on that time, but I don't know, there's, there's some cranky people out there. Anybody notice any cranky people out there? And it's not our first responders who are the ones who make the rules, but the first responders are the ones who have to abide by them and, and, and at times enforce them. And so it's not a, it's not a thank, you know, it's a thankless job at the best of times and in this season especially. And so I was like, Man, let's, let's just come alongside and just bless them. Just say, just a small gift, just say, thank you. What can we do? Just thank you. And then we started, you know, reaching out and, and to some of them just in Lethbridge here. And the response back is, no, no, we don't, no, no, we don't want a gift. And I was like, I, I know. But we want to give anyway. Because they don't, they, they're so used to giving, they have no idea how to receive. But I, I, I just want to overwhelm them. Just bless them. Can we just? So we're going to give a portion of this offering. We're going to divide this offering into four parts. 
and a quarter of it is going to go to our first responders in gifts. Second one is we're going to give to LifeLinks uh, International, which LifeLinks Church it, churches are an organization that 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 came along and modeled parallel before we were parallel by coming alongside us as a church. And they had a, a building in, in a church in Tabor. And there at, at one point a couple of years ago, they just came back and they said, they said, we have a church here, but we think we want to sow this building into you, into parallel. Well, at that time, my victory, we want to sow it into your church because you guys, how you guys are soul winning all the rest of it. And they modeled that just kingdom mentality and kingdom thinking and gave, and basically gave us for whatever the little cost was that was left over that facility that we now have in Tabor, which is just amazing. And so I thought, let's, let's, let's come alongside them. And I know Pastor Ian, who's just recently taken over, and he's got a kingdom heart. And I was like, let's just bless them and give an offering to them at their ministry for 2022. And then, and then we've been in relationship with Esther House, which is uh, for four years, is, is an or, you know, a house in, in Kenya that is just amazing. Comes, uh, comes alongside and rescues girls who ended up pregnant from all different circumstances and, and all the rest and brings them into the home and educates them and all the rest of it. And we've been watching this ministry for four years and they've been so, so amazing in, in how they've, and mature and how they've handled, you know, giving and, and all the rest of it. And I've just been so impressed with their ministry. No real tie to us other than, you know, we've had a few, uh, George and Charmaine Evans have gone and traveled there and kind of pointed us and said, this is what's going on and other relationships we've kind of seen and watched. And I was like, they don't know, and they, they, they're not expecting, but they're, let's just come alongside and bless them, just because. And then the fourth part is, is that we have a number of churches that have decided that they want to run My City Care as well. And we're like, in 2022, we're seeing a number of churches. And what if we just set aside some seed money for these churches in other communities, just like the ones we've done in Medicine Hat and Calgary and Penticton for Shop of Wonders this year? What if there's other communities that we could just give them seed money and saying, here, start My City Care in your city and get started? So does this sound like fun? So I'm get, we're going to get more detailed explanation of what these ministries are. So I want you to turn your attention to the screen. So right now, Esther Home is um, a home for teen mothers and girls who become pregnant through um, everything as simple as poor life choices and uh, as horrible as incest and trafficking um, and these are the youngest girls we usually take in girls 12 to 15 is our our main uh, frame so the need is great you just have to be equipped to do it this young couple had started a ministry in Kenya and every time someone locally found out what they were doing they would evict them and then uh, their dreams were kind of about a farm starting a farm honestly I couldn't stop sobbing and weeping the first time we drove on the property um, simply because I felt like this place is like a Lord's strong tower and a refuge for these girls. In building relationship with Pauline and Wangi, I knew that they were the kind of people that you would come alongside because they shared your heart for their community and so they were the perfect people to come alongside and, and to support. 
My name is Pauline Mwangi. I'm the assistant director at the Esther Home. The Esther Home is a rescue home for pregnant teens and also teenage mothers. Uh, girls who have fallen pregnant and their situation at home is very dire. Uh, either they are being forced to abort or their parents don't want them anymore or they have nowhere to go. I feel like they were parallel before we knew we were parallel. It's what I recognized in them and, and saw in them is that their desire to come alongside their community and change things there the way they live. Um, they're just parallel in Africa. Their hearts are that way. Whatever they have, even of their own personal, they pour out. It turns into more. We take them through a process. Usually when they come in, we will give them counseling. They go through counseling, trauma counseling. Uh, we try and make them feel at home. Um, we take them through the prenatal period. We take them for clinics and we help them even through the bathing process. And after they take care of their babies, we teach them how to be moms, how to love their children. And uh, once they, their children are weaned, usually we take the girls back to school so that they have a second chance at education and they can better their lives. For the first time ever, the house is full. And that's a super happy thing and a super sad thing, all at the same time. Um, the goal with the offering, I believe, would be to um, to make more rooms in the house, more beds, which we would be able to bring in eight to ten more girls. Our mission is to come alongside pregnant girls and teenage moms, to walk with them through the journey of pregnancy, of raising their children, of going back to school, to see them transformed by the love of Christ into uh, women who can stand in the gap, women who can be a voice for the voiceless. We, we talk about coming alongside other people who, who believe the way that we believe and feel the way we feel and want to change their communities and make a difference in their communities the way we do. I just feel like, honestly, it's just such a natural fit. Uh, yeah, LifeLinks approached us um, with the opportunity to take uh, the building in Tabor. And um, the negotiations were, were done uh, board to board, leadership to leadership. And um, they interviewed us uh, at length on our vision and um, what our uh, intent was with the facility, because it would reflect on them being that, you know, they were passing it on to another ministry. Uh, welcome, Ian. And talk about a little bit about the history of Life LifeLinks, where it started and where it is now. You know, it started really in 1987. Uh, there was a conference of churches gathered together in Medicine Hat, and it was Pastor Keith Hazel of uh, Lethbridge and Pastor Dave Wells of Regina, Saskatchewan. Um, they brought churches together, that, their own churches and those they were affiliated with. And, and then in 1989, Keith Hazel, Dave, and the others, uh, they formally drafted the Constitution of LifeLinks International Fellowship Incorporated and our network was officially born. Our launch in Tabor uh, was a really emotional experience. Uh, the room was packed, there was a ton of energy, and um, it was just a really, really exciting day. But probably what meant most to me was um, the after party, if you will, when uh, most had, had left the building and there was just a few people left behind 
many of them core members of the LifeLinks uh, work. And there was tears in their eyes because they um, really saw that all their effort, all their work, that there was new life in their building again. I believe LifeLinks modeled parallel before we ever formalized the, the model, if you will. They came alongside us and offered us something that they had that was of tremendous value um, from a real estate perspective, but even greater value um, for the community in the life that we could bring through Christ. And so um, we, uh, we take our hat off to LifeLinks. They were a real example uh, for us on how we're to model parallel and uh, assist ministries in moving forward uh, with whatever resources that we can, we can provide them. We're just really super blessed and humbled that you guys would receive an offering on our behalf. Thanks so much. Um, you know, the church planning efforts I mentioned, the existing ones that we that we already have in place, um, one, you know, definitely could help with them as we continue to stabilize them. We do, definitely want to have seed money available for people that have a heart in it, churches that have a heart and a vision, and they can, you know, come to us and we can say, hey, there's some seed money to help you. So we could definitely do with more of that. And in addition, um, another possible area to use this money is is in our international um, missions groups that are connected with us. They've had a super hard time during the pandemic. And, um, you know, we can help them with resources and that'll help them as they execute their own church planning initiatives. And so, um, you know, we'd like to be able to support that as well. So there's a number of different places that we could definitely use this money. Uh, the vision behind My City Care is to endure our community. So what that means is we're going to go into communities and we're going to love them first with no strings attached. Uh, it doesn't always look like a program for us. My City Care is more about the heart behind the movement and what it means to actually be an active church or body in the community. We've been going through unprecedented times as the church and as the body of Christ and believers. So what we've seen is some pretty expansive growth that's happened across our campuses. We've seen some of our programs in our current locations more than double their output of what they've been doing and helping the community and meeting needs where they're at. So in the last year or so, we've had the opportunity to come alongside some pretty amazing church groups, uh, not here in any of our campus locations, but actually in cities like Medicine Hat and Calgary and now Penticton. So in BC, so we've been able to actually come alongside them and be able to help them implement programs that they wouldn't otherwise necessarily have been able to have the means or the resources to be able to do that. So it's been an awesome opportunity. We've been able to go in. So in Medicine Hat, we partnered with Dave and the Bridge Church there, and we've been able to do multiple street store events. Um, and even in the process of doing that, we've had other churches in that community come alongside and say, hey, like we want to be a part of this too. I would love to see us be able to go into communities with confidence and be able to equip and resource different churches and communities and pastors, maybe even community groups that want to do something like My City Care. They want to be a part of the solution and just be activated and necessarily don't have the means to do so. So we'd be able to come in and help provide things like grants and manuals and support through different staff members and different things to be able to kind of help them execute something like that. And it's not, this isn't for us, it's not about uh, necessarily that we're going to go in and we're going to do it, but we're going to equip other people to do it and come alongside them and come alongside their communities. Uh, this offering is going to go towards helping new sites, new locations and cities and communities implement My City Care. It's going to go towards building manuals and resources and training and equipping as well as potentially doing granting and offering just some assistance to be able to come in and say, okay, you, might, you guys might not have the funds to be able to do this, but we're going to come alongside and let you 
run with this and we're going to help equip you and train you and give you the resources that you need to do it. So my name is Joel McDonald. I've been working with uh, Lethbridge 901 Police Fire and EMS Dispatch for 15 years since 2006. Uh, I also at the same time work uh, on the ambulance as a paramedic, advanced care paramedic in the cell zone. So I cover everywhere from the Crow's Nest Pass Mountains all the way down to the U.S. border. My current role uh, with Alberta Health Services is I'm a community health representative, but I work specifically with our low German uh, Mennonite families from Mexico or other areas down south. And my, my job there entails uh, liaising and bridging uh, communication gaps between client and service provider. So we book a lot of appointments, we attend the appointments and interpret, and just help our families to navigate the healthcare system here in Canada. Yeah, so in the 901 Centre, it's been challenging. Again, when, when COVID first hit, uh, we didn't have the option to work from home. We needed to be there as a lifeline to the citizens and all our first responders. Uh, it was just constant change uh, and a constant struggle and concern and worry about how bad is this going to be. And when you go to these calls, the emergency calls, and it's a, a car accident or you're going into someone's house and there is other people there, um, you never know if you're being exposed, if you're not. Are they sick with COVID on top of whatever they're, the reason they called 911? Um, you know, does somebody else have it? Are you bringing it home? Is it on your clothes? And then you never know when you're safe. And then when you go home, you always wonder, well, I hope I don't have it. I hope I don't bring it to my kids. I hope I don't give it to my wife. Um, we have a lot of staff feeling pretty isolated and, and we're in new positions as we've been redeployed. And then those of us like myself that are still in our uh, pre-existing role, we're doing with the same amount of work or more with less help. This, this virus seemed to impact more than just physical health. It was a lot of that mental health. You know, it, it really uh, interrupted so many good things in people's lives, um, the things that brought people joy, that brought people happiness, uh, the, the little things, especially in the first responder world where we already give up so much, we miss holidays, we miss time with our families, we miss activities. And then what little we had left, COVID took from us. It took you know, the, the weekend sports, the, the Christmases, the family events. I would say the term uh, don't shoot the messenger has definitely been very real for me throughout this pandemic. A lot of our work behind the scenes is in general rewarding enough. Uh, however, through this pandemic, it's been very negative and I feel that uh, a gift or some form of appreciation will definitely help uh, a lot of the behind the scenes healthcare workers, uh, give them that push to keep on keeping on. Again, we're all about trying to serve other people. And I think we have a hard time receiving gifts. We always want to be the ones to help somebody else. And, and uh, we have a hard time accepting gifts sometimes. I think we, we think that we've signed up for this job and this is, you know, this is the sacrifices we made for other people. And so uh, it, it's humbling to receive a gift. And it, I think we'll be very grateful. I, I absolutely think that the, the members on the street uh, will be very grateful to receive a gift uh, from Parallel Church. Absolutely. I have a vision of uh, the church taking its job back. You've you've heard me you've heard me say this a little bit. And what if you're new? What what I mean by that is that Jesus gave us six things to be responsible for. In Matthew 25. That's how we started this series. 
He says, when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. When I was naked, you clothed me. When I was sick, you, you visited me and helped me. When I was in prison, you visited me. When, and I missed one. What's the sixth one? I always miss that. Housing. And all, all these, all these, you took me in when I was, you took me in. And, and this is the thing. That I think that as a church, we need to take our job back. That that's, that job to feed the hungry, to, to bring help to the needy, to the least of these, that's not the government's job. That's not, that's not the Red Cross's job. That's the church's job. And whoever, listen, whoever provides that hope gets the influence. If you're frustrated with how much influence the government has, it's because they got our job. Right? It's our time to take the job back. And I think it's Parallel Church as part of our vision, what we're going to do and what we want to do is, is church for too long. Come on, for church for too long has existed for itself. Enough is enough. It's time, it's time to come alongside in our communities. Our first responders, our first responders just need someone to come alongside and say, you're not overlooked. We love you. We appreciate all that you're doing. The Esther House in Kenya, they didn't ask for anything. They weren't expecting anything. Just saying, we love what you're doing. Doesn't that sound a whole lot like not for sale in my city care, what they're doing? And we saw that. We're like, we just want to come alongside and saying, hey, just because. Lifelinks Church, they did it. We're like, just because. And then helping other churches start my city care and awaken and take their job back in their community. Man, I have a vision. I have a dream. I don't know. I don't know. I, I have a vision that this offering will be at least a hundred thousand dollars. That we can overwhelm and bless each one of these ministries. So, so church again, no one's feeling compelled to give. But as the band comes, um, what we're gonna do differently is you've got on your seat, you've got these cards. These are pledge cards, and if you weren't prepared to give today. I want you to talk with your spouse or your or with yourself, whatever it might be, and saying we're going to open this up for the rest of December, and saying, okay, in the month of December, I, I didn't come prepared to give today, but in the month of December, I will give and put that amount on there. And then as the band sings, we've got baskets at the front, and I'm going to invite you to stand now as the band sings, build your church. Either you can give by check, you can give by text to give. If you're giving by text to give or by visa, or and you want to use our kiosk, just fill up the, the card anyway whatever that amount is and then you can go and, and use the kiosks in the in the lobby but as the band sings there's baskets at the front bring your card or your check and bring it or your cash whatever it might be bring it up to the front and let's celebrate god i pray a blessing over this one lord we're planting seed right now in jesus mighty name and lord god we hold our seed up before you and we thank you lord god that we're, we're sowing this knowing that we will reap a harvest Jesus name in 2022 we pray for a harvest to be over each giver over each family look at over each home over this church we're believing that the best is yet to come the 2022 is going to be our breakout year as we as we sow these seeds in Jesus money name build your church in Jesus name in Jesus name I'm Christ alone our chief cornerstone no other foundation can we build upon not philosophy nor the wisdom of man 
says in Romans 10, 9, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that he rose again from the dead, you will be saved. So I want to run through a prayer with you right now that does just that. So you want to bow your heads, close your eyes, repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I confess that you are God and I believe that you rose again from the dead. And I ask you now to become my Lord, to become my Savior, to become my friend. I thank you that my past is past and that I can begin anew with you today. My heart is yours. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Guys, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, there's a link that Anthony just posted in the chat there. Click that, fill that out. We'd love to send you a Bible. We'd love to just congratulate you on your amazing decision today. Uh, and yeah, thank you so much as well for joining in with us today.